Yeah, let's talk about the bigger picture. Uh-huh. Let's talk about how we be ballin', playing yeah, with the yeah, Wizards. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Nets and how they always got good pitches. Jeez. Let's talk about the cats on rescue, turn them boys to winners. Uh-huh. Injuries and updates, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To the opponent, we can toe to toe, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the top, this podcast gonna go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's something you should know, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I guess the words are greetings and salutations. Uh, Welcome to Ref the District. I am the stoner. Joining me is our new co-host because we fired Nathan. That is Trevor Stores. What's up, Trevor? How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm I'm, I'm good. How are you? How are you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So behind the scenes, we're going to give you all the behind the scenes of what's been going on. We've been having some terrible technical issues audio first then video and just a whole bunch of that and hopefully it's at least fixed for now we're gonna get it all fixed here coming up pretty soon but anyway you can catch us live on youtube usually at 7 p.m on thursdays uh but here it is now it's about 8 20 we're finally going live but it's going to be worth it because we've got a lot to a lot to go with here a lot to go on and uh, Nathan, he was not fired. We're just kidding. He <laughs> is, because of the technical difficulties we're having, um, he is just back home in Annapolis watching us and feeling left out. And we miss him. And he's drinking heavily, of course. Yes. <laughs> so, Trevor, what this is your first time mm-hmm. live as a full-time member of the show. You're no longer a guest. You are a co-host. What have you thought of how this operation works? Um, excluding today, it's a very, very, very good yeah. situation to be a part of. Um, not only just for Washington football, but for all DC sports. I'm a basketball guy, not really a baseball yeah. guy, but I watch it. So this is great, though. So it's, I'm just happy to be a part of this. Ref the district. Okay. <laughs> Ref the district, baby. Get on board or or don't. don't. I don't care. <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> It's that it's that time of night. Mm-hmm. It's with all the problems we've had. I'm just ready. Let's just talk sports. We're going to talk about preseason game number two coming up tomorrow night against Cincinnati. Then we're going to play our interview with uh, Washington Post beat reporter uh, for the Washington football team, Sam Fortier, that we interviewed him earlier today. You and I did. Nathan again wasn't there, so maybe he did get fired. I don't yeah. know. Um, and then and then for our post game. We are going to do a little bit of a dollar dollar segment, and we're just going to give any final thoughts as we go into game number two tomorrow. All right, so let's get into the uh, into the what do we call it? See, Nathan has all of the proper terms. I think it's the warm up, right? It's not the pregame, the warm up. Yeah. See, you know better than I do. It's the warm up. I always want to call it pregame because we have the game and then we have post game so why don't we have pregame i think the pregame well, we the, the pregame up, today so was the technical difficulties that was for sure <laughs> that's what it was okay all right so let's get into it a little bit we've got game number 2 mm-hmm. tomorrow yes friday night first time back at fedex field this is the first time fans are going to be allowed for an actual game mm-hmm. in over a year and that's kind of a big deal what and you're going yeah. right you're going to be yeah. there i'm going to be yeah. there Nathan says he's going to be there, but his car might break down. We'll oh, don't put that bad juju on it like that. <laughs> hey, I didn't give any juju to right. uh, 
to the operation right. and it and it went bad. So yeah, you're right. There's no such thing as is that. Uh, but anyway, so we're all going to be there. What is your kind of expectation of going into this game? For it's even though it's preseason, what is kind of your expectation of the whole experience that we're going to have when we get? There? Um, I guess we're going to see how game day experience really happens in this new regime at FedEx Field. I mean, we already got a new field. Mm. There, the paint looks great. Um, there's new food items coming and all that stuff. So excluding the yeah. stuff on the field, I'm, I'm just ready to see what the atmosphere is going to be like being away for a year and coming back to something brand new pretty much. So it's going to be it's pretty exciting. What about, uh, what about the potential weather, right? There's a possibility that it just might thunderstorm, <sighs> rain on us. Is that going to matter? Is that going to dampen your spirit? No, I, not really. I just It's just going to... It's gonna, when it comes to the team, though, yeah, because that's that's a little bit of uh, ammo for injuries to occur. But other than that, nah. And also for D Hop to probably miss another kick, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably gonna happen. Right? Uh, so before we get to get to all the on the field stuff, mm. stuff, let's talk a little bit about the off field stuff. You got they talked about parking seems to be the number one issue mm-hmm. that uh, that fans have, and then now we're hearing that that the secondary parking ticket or parking prices are 60 or 80 bucks. Yeah. Right. So that's the secondary though. If you have season tickets, you could have bought the parking with that. But if you didn't, then you got to buy them secondary if you want to park close by. So you got the parking. You, like you said, you, they've got new food items. They've got a new field. They've just got a whole new game day experience that, that we're looking forward to. What is the biggest thing that you're kind of hoping to see when it comes to the game day experience? Not the field stuff yet. Um, I guess more fan interaction, um, more mm. giveaways, more contests, more meet and greets, uh, you know, just stuff like that. More things to bring the fan base that's kind of divided because of the team name. But we won't go there. Bring it together again <laughs> right. and become a family that we are. So we're so. not going to talk about the team name? No, we're not going to talk about the team name. Yeah, yeah no, nah, okay. for sure. <laughs> although although somebody had a a pretty cool video that they put I out. I saw that, yeah. Um, yeah, where they actually – they actually got the raw audio. Yeah. Who who was that? I think it was it was some pod, some podcast group like district referees or so, I don't know some di- yeah but it was dope. It was dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it went it went viral <laughs> like in this that. area. You know, within the within like the Washington football team mm-hmm. and the fan base, it went viral for sure and, for the name and all the people associated with that. But mostly because Jason Wright responded to <laughs> of it. Of course. And was good natured about it, right? Yes, for sure. And um and so then so then you got the name. We're not gonna talk about that. So let's get to the on the field stuff. Okay. What what is the big thing that you're looking forward to seeing uh with the on field stuff? Um, I want to see a little bit more time with the first team offense on the field. See if we can uh Maybe display an explosive play here and there. Get some more continuity going on. Maybe give some of the wide receivers who are battling for a spot a chance to run with the ones a little bit um, as well. And then on the defensive side, I don't think we need to see our for our defensive front starters anymore this season. Yeah, um, they don't even need to play at nah, all. Let's give our depth guy our depth guys some uh, some more opportunities to show that they can provide actual depth for this team because we are lacking. 
depth for sure this year. So yeah. <laughs> I said depth so a lot. What what happens? <laughs> so what happens if, for example, the first team offense comes in mm-hmm. and they go not necessarily three and out. Let's say they they do get one first down, but they only have five plays, thirty two yards. Then the next time they go three and out. And then the third time, maybe they gain like 40-something yards, but it stalls. Do you want to keep them nah. keep them coming out no. until they get a good drive going? No. Like, like you, so what's the where, – where's your line? Where's, three three, to four, you say, three okay, series. Three to four series. I mean, I'm watching this yeah. Patriots-Eagles game as we were – before the we got on here, and Cam was pretty much played the whole first quarter. Starters played pretty much the whole first oh, quarter. Really? Yeah, so maybe if we can push that maybe half a quarter – Depends, but like you said, if they're calling for rain, I don't want the starters out yeah. there pushing it. <laughs> well, we know Curtis Samuel is not going to play, right? Because right? he he hasn't even had really a, a full practice yet. No. Um, who are some of the other guys that maybe you don't want to see out there offensively? Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, excuse me. Just don't even bother. Nah, don't even bother. We saw what he can do mm. the past two years, training camp, first game. We know what he's got. Adam Humphreys, yeah. we know what he is too with his career and what he showed first game. Um, as far as that for the offensive side, Antonio Gibson maybe a series and then let him sit down because we got to figure out who's going to round out the running back room. Uh, we need JD McKissick to get more, to more looks, get more involved. Yeah, because yeah, he didn't do much game one. No, did he? so I'm trying. I'm ready to see how he's going to have a role in this offense because last year, of course, he was. 80 receptions. Most of them were checkdowns because we had Alex Smith, but you know, <laughs> right. Is he going to get 80 again? No, I don't gonna, think so. Is he going to sniff 80? I think he'll no. maybe half if that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So I I'm expecting uh, like Antonio Gibson is going to pick up a lot of those catches. I don't think he's going to be a Gibson first and second. And then McKissick on third. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Gibson's going to be first, second, third down. Yeah. He's going to be that every down back because he can line up in the slot. He can line up wide. He can do things in the backfield uh, on third down. He can do screens. He can do everything. He can. So why even bother taking him out on third down? So McKissick will just be that guy who comes in. Specific plays. Three or four series yeah. a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specific plays, specific or, roles. Gadget plays yeah, here and or there. Maybe, yeah, or maybe you have them both mm-hmm. in at the same time. I would like that. Some, you know, We saw that a little bit last year. Where they had uh, McKissick going this way and Gibson going that yeah. way, the linebackers were just—they were done. They didn't know what to do. It was nice. Uh, yeah. So okay. So that's good. So you don't really want to see them that much. What about on the offensive line? Oof, offensive line, and um, it's that's a that's a pretty good battle. It's going to be some uh, position flex. We have a lot of that in our squad. So I think we have established our right tackle, maybe our, and then our right guard, but. Maybe across the board on the left side is a little iffy. Not iffy, but we're trying to figure out the perfect fit for the for the for the starting offensive yeah. line. So that's going to be exciting to watch. So you want to see you want to see all of them? Play, yeah, I want to see. Or yeah, do you want Sheriff to not? not you want to see them all? Yeah, though? well, Sheriff, you can rest him. We know what he has. Um, so maybe even Charles Leno, you can even maybe let him go a rep or two, or a series or two, and let him sit down. He's an established veteran. Yeah. Give some of these other. Is he? Is uh, is he from France? I I I don't know honestly. <laughs> Charles Charles Leno. <laughs> Charles Leno. I don't. I mean. I thought it was. 
I thought it was Charles Lamb. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just thought maybe he was from France or something. And you gave him that foofy name. Maybe it was that 48 interview yeah. has me going on it's to Charles Lamb. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good precursor for what's coming up here uh, in the game. We've got good old uh, Sam Fortier from the Washington Post, so that's going to be exciting. All right, so defensively. Yeah. Oh, oh, but actually, before we go defense, uh, Samus Reyes, he's not going to play, right? Because he's in concussion protocol. Which, by the way, when did that happen? So there's another when guy. did that happen? I don't like, know. What? Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's been made clear mm-hmm. if that happened in practice. Did he practice... Sunday. Sunday was the first practice back. Yeah, I think he practiced. He practiced. Sunday, didn't yeah, he? and then starting Monday, Tuesday, he he was off to the side. Yeah. So you're so he's not going to play. So that's another guy. But do you want Logan out there? Um, or do you want him to sit? give me Logan for a <laughs> a series if he ha- if we have to? And that's it. Yeah, because we don't have Hemingway. We don't have Sammy Reyes. We just signed Caleb Wilson back. So. Our tight ends for this game are going to be Logan Thomas, Ricky Seals Jones, and Caleb Wilson. Yeah, the new guy. Because we cut that Guillermo's Is... guy. Guillermo's. Whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we got a lot of foreigners on this team. I don't know if foreigners is the right word. For international. We have a lot of nation. international. Internationals. Good, good. <laughs> I don't want to use the, the wrong term here. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Um. So, uh, so I was thinking about the uh, the tight ends. Oh, and John there. Bates too. Sorry, is Hemingway? St- oh yeah, Bates. Bates. Is Hemingway still on the roster? He's, yes, he is because only because Stoner mm. he came down with a concussion, mm. and I learned through Twitter you can't release the man <laughs> with a concussion. So that is literally the okay. only reason why he is on the squad. It has nothing to do with his play. His off the field behavior, it doesn't matter. It's all he matters because he's concussed. So saved by the bell, okay. literally. Okay. Right. He's <laughs> saved by getting bell wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, so are you predicting then the minute he comes off the injured list that he's going to be cut? Yeah, man, he's done. <laughs> no chance. He's not. I'm telling you. They like Hemingway. I'm telling you, they do. So he's I, he's a part of this team. I don't know if he is tight end three or four, or if he's if he's right on that line. Practice he's squad. not leaving. Well, I don't even know if they want him that bad, but maybe <laughs> we we'll have to see. We we'll have to see what the, happens with the injuries with Reyes and 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 all of that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see going now. All right, so defensively, yeah. What do you want to see defensively on the line? Yep. You don't want no. You don't want any of them playing the starters. No, Chase Young can prepare for this all he wants to as like a game, which I'm perfectly fine with. Mm-hmm. But you know, don't let him go, Jonathan Allen. Don't let him go, Deron Payne. Almost got his leg snapped good <laughs> by trying to recover a fumble last yeah, week. Did. So sit him down. It wasn't a fumble though. No, it wasn't. Learned. Bring Ionitis right. in. He's been out because of COVID and stuff and. Oh, Bring yeah. him in. Oh, that's true. Let, Is yeah, he gonna play? yeah, let him play. I think he he deserves it because he didn't get to play first. Yeah, we haven't seen him at all this year. He's been in and out of practice. Put him there with Tim Settle. Get William Bradley King. You know Smith Williams, Shakatoni. Yeah, get all those guys some good reps. Yeah, although Two Hill, Casey Two Hill. I think Two Hill might be injured. Yeah, we'll probably let him go. I, I, th- I think he he hasn't practiced all week because of injury, so I don't think he's he's uh, playing. But okay, so get all those guys. Yeah. Um, the guys you never heard of. Yeah. Do you want 
Jamin Davis. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I need to see. Me, I need to see if he's shown growth or not. Just a little yeah, bit. So tell me what you're looking for with Jamin. Um, he can play a little bit more than one or two series. He's a rookie. He needs all the time he's allowed to have to get him adapt adapted to the NFL's game speed and how it works out, whatever game time situations. So yeah, he can play a lot along with uh, some other rookies, say juice, give him some more opportunities on the outside. Um, William Jackson should definitely play for, because we haven't really seen him much. And also because it's the Cincinnati Bengals, baby. He's been throwing (laughs) subtle shade against his old squad. Yeah. So give some, some younger guys, some rookies, some undraftees, some, some more, some more burn for sure. What about, what about our guy, Tory McTyre? Yo, get, How much do you want to see? I want to see him all day long. He's been lighting up training camp, whether it's a tip interception, whether he's just reading the pass, great, blanketing receivers, flying under the radar, which I love, which is good for our depth, too. Mm-hmm. He may not be a starter. We already have that locked down, but he can provide some good depth. So I want to see if he's living up to his camp's expectations or not. And my boy. And a little teaser. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and a little teaser with uh, with Tory McTire, we will be interviewing That's right. his father, yes, sir. former NFL defensive back yes, Tim McTire, yes, is going to join us for our day after reckoning on Saturday. So that's pretty cool. And And just while we're on the subject of booking guests, our guy Trevor, <laughs> who is replacing Nathan, if you haven't heard. Uh, our guy Trevor has been lining up all kinds of interviews for us. I mean, you got you got us our interview today with Sam Fortier, and you got us Tim McTire, and I'm not going to tell you who the others are. <laughs> that was close. I ruin that, right? And yeah. so those, we got a lot of great interviews coming up. For all right, sure. so what else What else in the uh, defensive backfield are you looking Trapkey for? season. I want to see more Trapkey at cornerback. <laughs> Um, he's been lighting up camp too as well. Unexpectedly, I didn't think he would have this much shine at the cornerback position as he's having right now in camp. Um, he's great on special teams still. I think he has a really good shot of making this team as a depth guy. I mean, I really do. His camp is speaking it. His speed speaks it. I believe it's going to be, yeah. be between the tire and Trappy, honestly, for that last CB spot. Yeah, so, last DB. Yeah. Well, your audio is starting to go out. Of course. So we are going to uh, we are going to now go. That's a perfect segue. It's perfect timing. We've talked about what we want to see. Why don't you unplug uh, your mic and plug it back in, and I'll get us. I'll move us into the uh, the game segment, which is our interview today that uh, uh, that Trevor and I had with Sam Fortier from the Washington Post. He's a beat reporter. We're going to uh, show that interview right. Happy now to be joined by the great Sam Fortier, Washington football team beat reporter for the Washington Post. You can find him on Twitter at Sam, the number four TR. Thank you, Sam, for joining us. We appreciate it. And welcome to Ref the District. (laughs) Chris, Trevor, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Before we get into all this Washington football team talk, because we're going to talk quite a bit about that in the short time that we have you. You were the beat reporter in 2019 for the Nationals. And that was a that was a World Series winning team that you followed the whole year. So I got kind of a, a two-part question on that. One is, what was it like to follow a world champion for an entire season? And then number two, 
are you like us just blown away at what this team looks like now compared to what it looked like just two years ago? You're talking about the Nats. Yeah. The Nats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both, both teams that, that I covered have, have gone through pretty crazy transformations, but to your point, I mean, surreal, I guess is like the word that comes to mind when I think about like what it was like covering that Nats team in 2019, because I was out in LA covering the chargers for the athletic I got brought in my first day was was opening day and I actually went up to Philly and I rode some some I, I rode a bus with some Phillies fans down in Nats Park because that was Bryce's first game back. Uh-huh. So like my introduction to the beat was like a brawl in right center on the concourse between Phillies fans and Nats fans. I was like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> what did I get myself into? Right. And I remember I was in Milwaukee when they got swept by the Brewers, it was right before, it was like the series before they got swept by the Mets, I think to go 19 and 31. And I remember being in that clubhouse because it was it was Carter Keboom's first call up, made a couple errors. And it was, it was like deathly quiet in there after the sweep. And I remember Jake Knoll was up because they were injured and Kurt Suzuki got hurt. And I was like, am I about to cover this team for, for five more months and have them be out of it the entire time? And so like, <laughs> like, the roller coaster ride that we went on afterward, I mean, my B partner, Jesse Doherty and I, like, that was one of the most surreal, special experiences of my life because, I mean, growing up, like, I was a big baseball guy, and, and, and I know that baseball seasons don't normally end that way. So, for them, I mean, after that, it was, it was just kind of a ride. I remember, you know, being in Detroit when Fernando Rodney and Gerardo Parra come in with their glasses in the boombox for the first time, like, yeah. you know, Max with, you know, in the black eye i mean that really was uh was a special experience um and 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 to your second question what does it look like now it's like you know i was um i was out at nats park just because i had some friends in town and, and i hadn't been to a game in a while uh you know before the deadline when everybody was still there and it was just surreal to see not only um not only the changes that have happened but also you know, I, it was a Patrick Corbin start and it was, man, that slider two years ago. I remember that thing being dominant. Yeah. What so, so yeah, it is, it is pretty astounding to kind of think of how much has turned over in two years. Trev, hmm. on you, buddy. All right. Well, let's get to why we're here, Sam. Enough of that America's <laughs> greatest game. We're going to talk some football. So um, training camp, you know, preseason first games already happened. Um, so now we're in the second game coming up tomorrow. Uh, my first question is kind of a two-part. How do you feel about, I guess, before the concussion, Samus Reyes's uh, chances on being a part of the 53 and then uh, Jarrett Patterson, his real chances of being the 53? Yeah, both great questions. I know both fan favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I think I feel a little bit better about Samus Reyes, though I would say, like, both of them, I think, have really impressed coaches. And I want to start mm-hmm. by saying that, like, the amount of money they gave Samus Reyes, the fact that they took him out of the international player pathway program, like that alone tells you that Marty Kearney, who was down there in Florida to see his workout at, at UF, mm-hmm. that tells you, you know, they really like this kid. And, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he just played his first football game. He's got a long way to go. But when you look at some of the blocks that he made, the physicality that he has, that's not something you expect to see as a basketball player. So, right. Right. So he's got a concussion right now. Um, you know, didn't practice. So to me, they could either, you know, if this injury 
is a, is a serious thing. Maybe they IR him and he stays on IR for the year, or maybe, you know, he makes the 53 and then they put him on practice squad. I don't think that you'll see him get cut on August 31st because then that exposes him to everybody else. So right now I imagine, you know, he has a pretty solid chance to, to be with this team in some capacity after a cut today. Garrett Patterson, I think the same thing. I think he has a, has a good chance, but I think he has less or, or he, his circumstances are, are a little tougher just because, you know, they didn't give him that big signing bonus. He was an undrafted free agent. Um, I know they're trying him out uh, at, at kick return just to see, hey, what else can you do? Um, and I think to me, obviously he had a really nice first game, but if you're going to be that third or fourth running back on the roster, you really got to contribute to special teams in some way. I think kick return might be a tough way or, or something that he's not as experienced in. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about a back that can, that can run the ball at the middle, that, that, can, uh, that can catch the ball out of the backfield and do what he does, I think you'd like to have that guy on your roster in some capacity. I think that's a good point about uh, Reyes that really a lot of us hadn't thought about is that when they saw him and the, and the amount of the signing bonus, they had to probably outbid some teams in order to, to get him. So they obviously like him. And it wasn't just one of these things where, Hey, let's see what you got. This was, they saw something in him, right? Yeah. Especially for someone, my bad, I mean to cut you off, but especially for someone who's never played the game of football. Yeah. They obviously had to see something. Yeah, to me, it, it kind of goes back to when Pete Hayner earlier this, the tight ends coach, was talking about Logan Thomas earlier this year and, and him saying, oh, I think Logan took another step. He can be a top seven, top five tight end in this league. When you look at the measurables, you know, the arm length, the size, the height, the weight, the, um, you know, the quickness, Samus Reyes checks all those boxes. So is he a two to three year project? Probably if he's going to be a legitimate contributing tight end to the team. But at the same time, if you're thinking about a Super Bowl window for this team, if they can find that quarterback, that's probably around the same timeline. So I think that they feel comfortable investing in a guy and not saying, hey, we need you to be a, a 30 catch guy, you know, a, a, a big part right, of our right. sub package right now. Right. Okay. Nice. So. Trappy season has arrived, Sam. <laughs> he made the move from safety to cornerback. Um, I got him and Tori McTire seem to have been getting a lot of noise too in training camp at the cornerback spot. Is that a battle that is a real battle or, or is it just something that's just for entertainment? <laughs> yeah, I think Tori McTire has certainly stood out. I mean, that dude, um, I think coming into camp, I thought, Dale Roberts might be that guy in the slot. He's a little more veteran right. guy. You know, he's got that flexibility. They, they signed him in that second Same. wave of free agency. Mm-hmm. But he has not made as, no- made as much noise as Torrey McTire. And I think Torrey McTire, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be their, you know, one of their top three quarters. I think that's pretty solidified. But could he be that fourth, fifth guy? Could he be a pretty solid reserve if someone gets hurt? Yes. I think Trabke... While he has made some notable plays, you know, he's, he's had some really nice pass breakups, which people, like, don't give him enough credit for. I think he might be still a little too green at that cornerback position, you know, with some leverages, with some things that we've seen in the field to, to merit that, that roster spot. I think, I think he's definitely on the bubble, maybe on the outside right now. So when you talk about practice squad guys or guys who are maybe destined for the practice squad, when they get cut in that first, the big wave right before August 31st, um, are those guys now just complete free agents and anybody can sign them and not necessarily to the active roster, right? They can sign them 
to their own practice squad if everybody agrees to it, right? So you so you have the chance of losing some of these guys that you really want for your practice squad for future development. Exactly. There. Like that's why I think you know my B partner Nikki Jabala and I talk a lot about um, what this team is going to look like after cut down day, or you know, oh who who's going to be here, who's going to do that, and I think it's a misnomer maybe after those initial cuts come out to say, okay, who made the 53? I don't think that that's a good reflection of the, of the roster because they're looking around. Okay. Who did the, who did so-and-so cut? Who did so-and-so cut? We like this guy. We played him in the preseason two years ago. Now he's available. Do we like him a little bit more than maybe our last corner or our last running back? So it wasn't, it wasn't the case last year because I think because of the COVID protocols, but normally teams turn over a lot between, you know, the bottom half of your roster will turn over a little bit um, because of who other teams cut. So yeah, it is, it's a total free, uh, it, it's kind of like undrafted free agents after the draft. It's chaos and everyone's on the phone gotcha. and people are trying to figure out like who's available, who's going here. Um, and so that's what it'll be like after, you know, 4 PM on August 31st. And this team will obviously try to get better uh, in that facet as well. So we got game number two coming up against the Cincinnati Bengals home game, brand new field, brand new this, brand new that. Um, what can we expect in tomorrow's second preseason game since the normal preseason schedule is cut down again to three? What can we look for as far as who's playing? And if, are there any position battles that are key that can become more clearer after tomorrow night's game? Yeah, so I think with the reduction in preseason scheduling, I think you might see this be treated like that third preseason game used to be. Get the starters, you know, who knows, a couple series, maybe a little bit more than New England, let them get up to speed and then rest them in the third. I know Ron Rivera is a type of guy who is, does not like to rest his guys. So you're going to see, I think, the starters out there for, for at least a, a couple series um, tomorrow night. And, and so I think, you're going to see that. I think you're going to see a couple position battles, uh, particularly that last receiver spot and, and returner. Um, I think, you know, it, it used to be, in my opinion, the two-man battle between DeAndre Carter and Steven Sims, but you've seen seventh-round pick Dax Milne really come yes. on strong um, here in the last couple of weeks. It's been impressive. He, he's got some, uh, you know, certainly some, some reps with the ones. Uh, I think you're going to be looking for Jamin Davis to maybe make a little bit bigger of an impact than you saw against New England. And I think this, the safety battle, um, you know, how do they figure out those top three safeties in Bobby McCain, Landon Collins, and Cam Curl? How do they get them on the field in what capacity? And, and one more, I think the biggest uh, transition in terms of lineups is you're going to see Eric Flowers at left guard instead of Wes Schweitzer with the first team. So those are kind of the battles I'm looking for. And then if I can keep rambling and go one more subplot for you. Of course, bro. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I think um, William Jackson the third is gonna take his couple series against his old team, and I think this is I, gonna be personal for him. I was thinking because that too. He's been taking subtle shots all week. He has been taking season. subtle shots. <laughs> he said, you know, he made a joke about Washington's defensive front. Actually, you know, he said he said, uh, "Oh, it's great. They're actually helping me for a change." When he talked about <laughs> yeah. that, and uh, mm-hmm. I went back and I looked, and if you look at the targets. Uh, you know, his, his uh, metrics when he was targeted in Cincinnati and they only rushed three or four, he had a much tougher time than when they were blitzing. So you can kind of see, okay, maybe, you know, 
and, and I know they played man about 80% of the time. He said he's playing a lot more zone, playing a lot more different coverages here. So I think that William Jackson III is, is going to do his best to show out tomorrow night. Do you think – He doesn't even care who's quarterback. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't care who it is. Uh, do you think – there's been a little bit of noise, at least on, on our side, the fan side uh, of training camp, about William Jackson, and, and he doesn't seem to maybe be popping – like you would expect the big free agent acquisition to be popping in camp. Is that, is that just noise from us fans and that we're just not seeing him every day uh, either shutting guys down or, or playing really well in camp? No, that's something that, that I've talked about, you know, even out there, you know, when I see Terry beat him or, or someone else, I say, you know, Hey, you know, this isn't maybe kind of the level of play that, that we expected, but I think there's, there's two things there. I think that, one, you know, sometimes Terry McLaurin is just really good. Uh, and yeah. you saw that last year uh, against Cincinnati. I mean, William Jackson certainly gotten him a couple times as well. And there was one play I remember at the end of a, a, a red zone period where, for lack of a better term, like Logan Thomas just mossed him. And I was like, okay, like if you put him on a tight end, like that could happen. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's not as bad, but I think the reason sometimes that people – including myself will be like, Hey, what's going on is because that shift to zone has been, you know, I think a little bit tougher than, than maybe I expected. Cause he said, you know, this is a hundred percent different than what he was doing in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking about yeah. transitioning techniques that like he was telling us the other day about um, this, this technique in, in zone coverage called T-step, which is basically like when you come out of a, you know, you're backpedaling, you're coming out of a break and trying to be patient. Like that's something he's doing in the grocery store. That's something he's doing at home. Like <laughs> yeah. his girlfriend was giving him a hard time about it. Like, yeah. When you, when you're doing something that different that you've been doing for six years, you know, even at Houston before that, like it's going to take a little bit of time. And so to me, the question is for someone who last year, uh, I'm a, I'm a big nerd. So I, I like EPA expected points added, um, you know, some of the advanced stats, but if you look at the advanced stats and you look at the tape, like he was elite man corner last year. I know Terry got him for one, but he was, he was really impressive. So to me, the question is almost, how does Jack Del Rio push those buttons? When does he say, okay, we need you to just take away this, this side of the field? Uh, or, or when does he say, um, okay, we need to mix it up and play zone because that's what's going to help us here. So to me, I think William Jackson III, may, you know, some of it might be Terry being good. Some of it might be maybe he, he wasn't at, at the point where people thought he was. And, and some of it is, you know, they're just running a whole bunch of different stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor, you got another one? Uh, you I do, out? but I, I'm good. I mean, we can keep going. <laughs> go ahead, man, go I'm ahead. Good. All right, so I've, I've caught a lot of flack on Twitter here lately about my my Jamin Davis take. Um, he didn't show me anything first preseason game. I know it's first preseason, but here, here's my opinion on that. He's a top 20 pick, and we're giving him a brand new role to play his first year in the NFL, and it's causing him to – not trust his instincts and misread things and look kind of lost and kind of frantic on the field. Uh, do you think he's, it's something that he can quickly adjust to, or should we just stick to what he knows and put him back to what he was doing in college? Yeah, to me, this is, this is sort of uh, I, like, let me, let me put it this way. I wasn't as concerned when you see some of those things that you saw against new England, because I was like, okay, you know, this is probably what they expected week one of the preseason, the first NFL action this guy's seen. Um, 
just in his development. Like, I guess the question here for, for your take is, is how much do you trust Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio to have evaluated correctly and then be able to develop well and fix some of these mistakes they see on tape in a linebacker? And I think like skepticism is totally warranted, right? Because if you don't see it, see him produce right away, then it's like, okay, well, you know, why isn't he there yet? But at the same time, it's okay. Like if, the, if, if you're going to put this guy at Mike and, and he did play, you know, a, a fair amount of Mike at, at Kentucky um, or some, some at least uh, how much do you like, how I'll figure out how to phrase this, right? Like how much do you trust them to figure this guy out, to get him where he needs to be? And I think that like the reason that I am, less dire about it or less urgent is because when you talk to people behind the scenes, it sounds like he is going about his business in the way that he needs to. And so, okay, you know, the play isn't there yet, but maybe it takes him half a year. Maybe it takes him, you know, most of the season to figure it out. And, and obviously like you had that luxury with Chase Young where, where, you know, even though he started a little slow, he was still impacting the game, even when he wasn't getting to the quarterback, yeah. but, yeah. but what kind of leeway can you give this guy? Um, so I don't know if I really directly answered your question. No, but you're good. I, I talked just, around I it enough just... where like, I feel like you got to. Uh, right. Hey. You did good. I guess my, 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 my beef is he's a top 20 pick. So I guess I'm expecting a little more because he's a top 20 pick. Right. Rather than someone we can develop that we go get later on in the draft. That's, I guess that's my biggest beef. So. Right. And but I, hey, think, I nah, think you them, did great. I think him, them putting him at Mike is an investment in like, in the long term. Like, okay, Jamin, like, you know, if you're not making all your calls super crisp, if you're not identifying, if you're not hitting holes in the way that we would expect you to, um, like, we, we think that'll come. Because when we asked Ron Rivera, you know, and I remember we were at a charity event with him out in, out in Northern Virginia, you know, who is that Luke Keekley type? Who's that versatile linebacker that you think can diagnose? And because I, you know, I thought from, from what he had talked about, that he might've been thinking it was Cole Holcomb, but he was like, Jamin, mm -hmm. Jamin Davis, that's the guy he's, he's going to be, I'm not saying he's Luke Keekley Cause that man is, you know, right. he's elite. Yeah. but I think that they think the potential is there and they're willing to give him this, this runway to figure it out. Gotcha. All right. Last, last question. That's all I have. That's all I have. Last question. <laughs> um, the offensive line, which, They've got a lot of versatility there. They've got guys oh, yeah. who can play left side. They can play right side. They can play guard. They can play tackle, all of that. The only thing that concerns me, and again, this is probably just because I'm a fan and, and I don't know the insider <laughs> of it, is you've got a lockdown uh, of Sheriff at right guard and Ruye at center. But everybody else is kind of – some guys are playing with the ones and some with the twos and some are playing guard and tackling. And – on one hand, that's versatility, but on the other hand, the way I look at it is nobody's like taking that position and saying, this is my job. I am the mm -hmm. left tackle and you're going to have to take it from me. And those got, nobody has done that. And I don't know if that's a, if that's a good thing, or we should just be happy that there's a, a few guys who can play that position. Yeah. To, to me, I do think they, they have a left tackle lockdown in Charles Leno. I, I think he is that guy. Is he that guy beyond this year? He's on a one-year deal. I don't know. I th I don't think they know, but to me, I think they, they, they have tackles locked down at left with Charles Leno and right with Sam Cosme. And, and I know that Sam Cosme is, is a guy who, you know, the part of the reason they made that Morgan Moses move in releasing him 
was because they went through OTAs and, and minicamp and they saw what Cosme could do. And they said, okay, he might be a little bit ahead of even where we thought he was. So I think those two positions are locked down. To me, the big question is, is left guard. I think that's the unresolved one uh, between Wes Schweitzer and Eric Flowers. I think that Eric Flowers, certainly when you get the start in week two, when you play with the ones, when, when you do the, the solid job that I think he did against New England, especially in run blocking, he was, he was impressive. Um, I, I think that that's the position where you, you want to see who's going to come out and dominate their reps uh, that they get, because they, they've, you know, shifted around Wes Schweitzer, Cornelius Lucas, David Sharp. I mean, all those guys, yeah. Charles, like, all of those guys have played different spots. And I think that's in anticipation of, of, you know, not necessarily that these guys aren't winning their jobs, uh, particularly in Sadiq Charles's case. I think they're throwing him everywhere because if you remember last year, I think it was during that Lions game that, that um, Cornelius Lucas got hurt and Morgan Moses had to go to left tackle because David Sharp yes. couldn't play left tackle. Yeah. And like, you know, when you're starting Morgan Moses at left tackle against Cincinnati, like that's not the best combination for your line. Not because it, it reflects on Morgan Moses to play left tackle, but like asking your starting right tackle who's played that position for like five years to shift, like that's not your best combination. Like no. you need continuity on that. Like I think coaches, I think metrics, I think everyone would tell you continuity is one of the most important things on, on a line. So I think they're just cycling all these guys through just to get a better sense of, okay, Sadiq, if you need to play right guard or uh, Cornelius, like if you need to go to right tackle, like how's this going to feel? Um, so I think that left guard spot is a battle, but everything else I think is, is just experimentation and, and trying to make sure what happened last year didn't happen again. All right, Sam, well, we know you got to run. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us here on Ref the District. Again, that's uh, Sam Fortier. Uh, Washington football team beat reporter at the Washington post. You can find him on Twitter at Sam, the number four TR again, Sam, we really appreciate you joining us here on ref the district. Yes, of course, Chris, Trevor, thanks so much for having me. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'll hit it soon. For sure. All right, that was that was Sam Fortier from the Washington Post. He is the beat reporter for the Washington Post, and so welcome back. We're now in the in the post game after we think we've got all of our technical difficulties out of the way. So here we are back in the post game. Uh, Trevor, how is your audio working? I had to switch mics, so yeah. <laughs> so, but we can still hear you. I mean, we can hear you nice and clear, so that's good. So there's a couple things before we get to our dollar dollar segment. There's a couple of things that he said that I found very interesting. The first one is when we talked about Samus Reyes, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, let's not forget that when Samus Reyes had his workout and there were a lot of scouts there to just kind of check him out. Washington paid a hefty signing bonus relatively speaking, a hefty signing bonus for some guy who's never played before mm -hmm. because they really saw something in him. This was not just, let's just take a flyer on some guy who says he wants to play and see what happens. They, they've seen it from the beginning that he really is a player with a lot of potential. It might take a little while, 
he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, he does. Um, I'm glad that they didn't just base their choice on off of his size because he's a monster of a human being. But yeah, he is. for someone who's never played the sport and what he's showing in preseason and camp, seems like he's kind of picking up things faster than what I thought he would be picking up. I'm not saying he's ready like you, but he's definitely picking up the verbal butt-chewing he's getting in, in camp every day. And you see him almost after yeah. every practice on the jug machines in the pouring rain for like 30 minutes, working on his blocking at the tight end position. That shows that he wants to get better. He wants to be a football player. It might not be with the Washington football team, but he wants to make this a career for him. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll be honest. When I first heard about his story, I didn't think he had a, a shot of even make it, making nah. it through the first cut, the first uh, five-person cut. Right. But he's, he's impressed me. He's impressed me with what he's done and, like you said, the dedication that he's shown to the game, that this is not this is not a Tim Tebow uh, you know, kind of hobby kind of thing. Like we should Tebow bring him did. in on waivers. We should uh, bring him in for a tryout. Why not? <laughs> Tebow, yeah. I mean, we got well, two he... concussed, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and, and a couple other things that, that he talked about that I wanted your opinion on. What did you think about what he said about Jamin Davis and about his development so far in camp? Um, I, I After my <laughs> opinion, that hasn't been taken yeah. very very lightly. I, I see where he's coming from. Um, he's somebody who's in the film room all every day, in the playbook every day, fast learner. Um, they're probably just seeing where he is in his progression with that role, and then maybe reverts back to the outside linebacker position. But yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with what Sam said. He, he got he brought me a different light to that situation. So. Yeah, and and he's done that when when we did this interview. I thought it was really interesting because. We listen to these guys when they go on some podcasts or mm-hmm. we see their Twitter and they, you know, they have 280 characters that they can fit mm-hmm. uh, their information that they're trying to get out or their stories and all that. But he really expanded. He really brought a different interpretation of certain guys' roles. And mm-hmm. I thought with Jamin Davis, that was interesting. What he talked about with William Jackson and how he's changing what he's done basically his whole career mm-hmm. and how that's different now. Yeah. And same with like Cole Holcomb, who he thought was going to be the inside guy who is now an outside guy. Just a lot of good information that Sam gave us that I really hadn't thought about. Yeah, me neither. And he's there every day, so he's a good person to listen to. So. Yeah. And then the last one was – he said Charles Leno, as you like to call him. <laughs> Charles Leno has locked down that that left uh, tackle spot. That's his spot, even though he's not necessarily always running with the ones. That's going to be his spot unless something drastic happens. I think his prediction was Leno, Flowers, Ruye Sheriff, of mm-hmm. course, and Cosme. And he's been really impressed with Cosme. And he said that's why they got rid of Morgan Moses. When they saw Cosme in those rookie camps and all mm-hmm. that, they said, okay, this guy is actually a little bit better than For we thought. Sure. We can go ahead and let Morgan Moses and his $7 million or whatever go. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, so let's get to the dollar dollar. And the dollar dollar is going to be based on, on tomorrow's game and kind of what we expect to happen. We talked about what we kind of what we hope we wanted to see. But now let's get to 
what we expect, and we expect it so much, we're willing to wager a dollar on it. And I'll go first. So, Trevor, are you willing to bet me a dollar? I think Terry McLaurin catches a touchdown this game. <laughs> nah, you dog. Want some you, of that? Nah, you can have that all day. <laughs> all right. So what, what's great about this setup that we have now is that our, our former uh, third host, Nathan, we can actually see him off to the side here. We can't hear him. He's obviously not on uh, the cast because of the, uh, the technical difficulties, but we can see him, and he, I think he wants a piece of that bet. So i got to write this down in our, in our dollar dollar board. So I'm going to write it down that Stoner says – McLaurin catches TD. You know, give me that. I'll take that too. I'll be. I'll be a part. You want, you said he will. No, I say he's not going to. He's not going. Oh, to. he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trev. Nah. Okay, so Trev says no. Nathan says no. And I got to check the chat. Uh, also, the live chat, and see if there's anybody there who wants a piece of this action as well. Looks like Jazzy says no. Our executive producer. <laughs> so, if he does, if he catches. I, that's three bucks. I'm gonna have to give y'all my uh, my uh, what, my PayPal account. <laughs> PayPal. Uh, <laughs> is that is that like old school? Is that what yeah. all the uh, the oldsters use? What's the new one? Cash App, Venmo, Zelle. So what's wrong with PayPal? It There's does nothing. the same thing. Yeah, you're right. Nothing. It's just okay. It wasn't one of the first ones I would have thought of. <laughs> okay, well, that's all I got, so we're going to have to do PayPal. All right, so Jazzy says no as well. All right, you got any for me? Yeah, I do. All right, let me see if I want a piece of this. Kyle Allen outplays Tyler Heineke in the means, well, of, in the means of throwing. Okay, in the means of. In the means of throwing one touchdown and zero picks. One plus touchdown, so it can be at least one. Yeah, Kyle Allen throws one touchdown. Heineke throws zero. Mm, Interesting. I don't even know that Kyle Allen's going to get a whole lot of run. Oh, yeah, he needs to. So, I mean, he needs to, but he's he's injured. I don't know if they want to just throw him out there for two quarters, right? Huh? Yeah. All right, Trevor says uh, Allen – one plus TD, zero INT, um, and what else? Zero INT, um, and then who is it? What's the other guy's name? I already forgot his name. Did he get cut? <laughs> Josh Taylor, quarterback two, will throw a touchdown tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm taking that for sure. That's okay. not happening. Does Nathan want a piece of that? Mm, he says, check the chat, which, by the way, you should know is like 30, 40 seconds behind. So we got to wait. So so let's just let's just go radio silence and let's see how that works for 30 okay. seconds okay. while we wait for his uh, live chat. Oh, there it is. If Heineke scores, does that let you win? Yeah. So what is uh, if Heineke gets one touchdown? Yeah. I win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm putting it down. Dollar, dollar. <laughs> Might as well do it. I'm guessing Nathan probably wants a piece of that. Yeah, yeah he does. He, he just gave me the signal. All right. 
let's get let's get the final score. Ooh. What do you got for a final score? I'm going to go with 23 to 6. To 6? Yeah. Who wins? Washington football team. <laughs> Cincinnati doesn't have the firepower. So, Joe Burrow's not playing. So they got yeah. depend on Ryan Finley to score some points. And I don't even know half their roster anyway. So. <laughs> right. So basically, though, um, so so basically, you think our second and third teamers are better than their second and third teamers? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I'm gonna do what I usually do, and I'm going to pick the opposite. Of course. And I'm gonna go twenty-three to six for Cincy. Ooh. And the six points is gonna be. The touchdown to McLaurin, oh. and and D Hop of course misses the extra point. Ooh. So there you go. All right, Nathan's got one. He wants to get one in here. Nathan says <laughs> D Hop doesn't even make one field goal. Hmm. I don't know if we, either one of us really want that bet. I, I think, think we probably both agree. For some reason, I think he makes one tomorrow because that's just who he is. And then everybody would be like, I told you he was our kicker. And it's like, (laughs) okay. That's going to happen, by the way. I know. I I, I hate to break it to you. It is. D-Hop is the kicker. Um, What was the other one? They're they're not bringing in – Montez is your fourth quarterback. They're just not – you know, after the last game, everyone was like, cut Hemingway, cut Montez, cut D-Hop, or bring in competition. They don't react the way fans do. They know what they have. They see him in practice every day. D Hop's not great. He's not terrible. He's good in practice. He's decidedly mediocre. Five for five. Yeah, he was right. That's right. Nobody trying to block right, the kid. So do you want the uh zero field goals? Do you want to bet him against saying D Hop's gonna get at least one field goal? Yeah, I feel he'll make one. He'll make one yeah. Are you saying field goal or kick, Nathan? What are you saying? Extra point, field goal or I think he's just saying All right. I think he said yeah, we'll do that. I'll take that. He will make one. Right. I'm not taking that because that'll mess up my 23 to six score over yeah, here. I know, right? So, I'll, so then I can't win everything because I usually do. I usually win all the bets. So right. I think, uh, right. I think we'll go. What was the score last week? You were five and one. I was two and two, and Nate. Okay, well, four, four and two. Four and two. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but what was Please the? Please log into the Google Home app. Did you hear that by any chance? Alexa. <laughs> That's our fourth that morning, off, by man. the way, you guys. We have Alexa joining us tonight, too, as well. So. Ale- hey, Alexa has better audio than Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Jazzy's got 21 to 6. WFT. What does Nathan have for a score? He hasn't given us. Oh, yeah, he does. 34-21 since he. 34-21, so it's going to be no yeah, defense at all. he thinks it's going to be a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. That's good. All right, so we got our dollar-dollar segments. The big thing is that um, we're all going to be there at the game. We're going to be there um, tailgating before the game, and we're going to check out all the new experiences. That's going to be really exciting. Uh, we're going to see you. That's going to be pretty awesome. Make sure you all bring a mask. 
because you're going to need a mask for anything that's inside, which includes the restrooms, by the way. Yeah. So you got to put a mask on before you go in the restroom. So make sure you bring that. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that's just going to uh, just about wrap this up for us here. Sorry that Nathan wasn't here. It was good fun to kind of tease him. He he was not fired. He Trevor has not replaced him. We're, we are a three-man show now. We just had technical difficulties, and we'll get those fixed before Saturday's show, hopefully, both fingers crossed. Yeah, and uh, so uh, so that was uh, Ref the District for this week, episode 30. Uh, looking forward to preseason game number two. For Nathan, who's not here, for Trevor, who was here, thanks for being here, Trevor, on your first show. Yes, sir. And looking forward to all the shows in the future. And uh, for – so – that's it. I don't know how to close it because Nathan usually does it. So I'm just going to close it by saying we are done. And don't forget to uh, be, be a, a fan. fan.